Hey, welcome to the Unified Podcast with Caleb Carpenter and Justin Heckel, where we discuss God, Christian culture, and life in a way to bring unification and maturity to the body and to hopefully give some everyday applications so that you can find God in the ordinary. Um, so, hi, Caleb. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Justin? Doing awesome. First off, I understand that when we say we're wanting to bring unification, uh, we want to unify and bring maturity to the body, that um, some people can say, well, isn't that what our pastors do already? Um, and we want to be very careful in the way that we approach, um, the way we discuss this stuff, just because, quite honestly, how are we to bring unity if we automatically come out divisive or something like that? We don't want to um, disrespect people in the way that we do it. So I just want to give people some of our background. Caleb, tell us a little bit about who you are in ministry. I know your family is very kingdom-oriented, and so you've kind of always grown up in this stuff. So go ahead and just let us know a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I, uh, I grew up in the church. Uh, my family for the past three or four generations have been uh, ministers and pastors and traveling evangelists, and so I'm very blessed to have that legacy in my life. Um, so as you could imagine, I've you know I've seen a lot in the church, and I mean you know as my parents being pastors, I was you know subject to seeing a lot. And so you know I can see how it's hard for pastors' kids. You know we see the worst in everybody as well as their best, and so. You know, that really taught me and gave me a unique perspective on how to see people in the church. And, you know, yeah, I made my mistakes with uh, judging people. Um, but, you know, through that, I think I learned. And, you know, ultimately, we just, you know, to create this unity, we need to have love. And, you know, God calls us all into different things. And so once we understand that, we have a foundation to build upon. And um, a few years back, uh, I met Justin. Uh, in Nebraska, God called me out there before I got married to help a house church, and I uh, I met him at a special meeting. One of our mentors was actually doing, and he's like, "I got this guy I need you to meet. He's awesome. He used to be a fighter, and I think you'd really like him." And it's kind of funny because I sat down in church. I didn't even get to talk to talk to the minister at all, and uh, I sat right next to Justin. <laughs> and we started talking, and I think it was something God really orchestrated, and um, and you know through that I ended up getting married shortly after, and uh, I now have two beautiful kids, and uh, right now we are at a church here in uh, North Carolina, and I'm a worship leader there, and so you know I own my own business as well, so I get to be around a lot of people, and I love people, and so that's why we're doing this it's for people. That's so awesome, man. The family history that you have, um, it's incredible, and it's something that not a lot of people really have, so it's just a blessing. Yes, you have your family thing, but you've had your own walk and talk with God as well and and your own um, working out of, of certain things, and so that's awesome. And then for myself as well, like, you know, I grew up in the church, actually had a very active church life growing up. My grandma was one of the first ones, I think, to go to church in my family where rural South Dakota, a neighbor would take her to church. Um, the rest of her family didn't really go to church much. 
And so then my dad actually helped build the church that I grew up in, both physically and spiritually, helped helped build that church. And so then um, God really wrecked me as I came out of college. Ever since then, been doing a lot of ministry. And my wife, Ellie, and I uh, have three awesome boys, and we do a lot of ministry, but we do... We've always done ministry that was between a bunch of different or among a bunch of different denominations. And so either we were doing things where different denominations would meet or we would do things where we'd be helping build a worship team at the Baptist church or be helping a Pentecostal church do something or whatever. And in the process, we kind of realized there are a lot of misunderstandings in the body, but it actually has a lot less to do with not believing the same things. It has a lot more to do with language barriers. And so that just always became um, a driving force in the way that we did ministry was to break down those language barriers because we were always like, man, if you would see the beauty in what this, uh, this other side brings rather than getting hung up on the language that's used, you would really value that side. I think it's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of David Pawson, but he has a great teaching where he talks about how it's not a matter of evangelicals and Pentecostals just need to learn from each other. It's that evangelicals and Pentecostals need each other. And it's it's just a really good teaching. So that's some of the stuff we're going to get into but we just we just really wanted to lay down that what we're about is really unifying the body, helping the body become mature by being unified, and and not at all trying to say that your ministers aren't doing this. It's that we kind of have a unique perspective because both of us have walked among different circles a lot and seen where there's miscommunication and things like that. Is, is that how you would kind of put it, Caleb? Yeah. Ultimately, we all, as members of the body of Christ, we all need to walk in unity. It's not to be left to our, our leaders to walk us into unity. Yes, they have a responsibility to help us there. But ultimately, the decision comes down to us on whether, personally, I'm going to choose to bring unity or not. So I was, let, let's actually, let's let's pray this and let's speak this real quick uh over everybody who's going to be watching this awesome um and even for ourselves because we really want to we really want this to sink in for all of us you know we we need to be invested in this this is the one of the primary principles of the kingdom of god absolutely right now father we thank you that you are one god we thank you that you are lord we thank you that you have created each and every one of us with a purpose and God, we just we speak to your body right now that you would bring forth unity, that in this time that you have called us, we would be able to walk together in lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And God, give us an unconditional love for each other so we could walk in those things and we could walk into maturity with you. And we thank you for all that you're doing in your name. Amen. Amen. That was really good. Yes. So let's let's jump into what we wanted to talk about today. Really, just um, uh, that Ephesians four, where it says, "Look, this is why Christ gave the gifts." Um, and I think you wanted to basically just run on on verses one and two, really, and see where the conversation carries us, right? Yeah. Uh, first, you know, let's let's actually read Psalm one thirty three one. 
behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Yeah, I love that one. It's a a strong statement. You know, when I think about unity, in in Ephesians 4, you know, it talks, it it breaks it between unity and maturity. Um, And so many times I think our minds want to take us on to maturity before we actually reach the unity. Um, And it doesn't work Hmm. that way. You know, for for someone to grow up, for us to grow up, we first have to have a healthy body. Um, You know, where we can't function properly, we'll never move into that maturity. That's so good. That's so good because I can I can hide out in a cave and study my scriptures and you know basically try to you know live what everyone sees as a, a such a holy life or whatever. But if I'm never bumping elbows with other people if I'm never getting rubbed the wrong way bumped into it's really hard to actually mature um you take you take someone who you know not a knock on anybody who's single but you take someone who's single and a lot of times I thought I was the most mature person ever me too man I was so mature before so it's it's one of those things where we really can only mature as we're walking with others being willing to prefer others over ourselves. Yeah. I mean, where that starts really is uh, with humility. Let's, I, uh, let's unpack um, that those first two verses real quick if you want to read those. All right, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Yeah. I'm I'm a Mr. Uh, New Living Translation. Let me read it in this too. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And I love the way that that says it. I jump between translations, but... But I like the way that it says, make allowance for each other because of your love. I just see that as, as yeah. such a, it's like, let your love be the driving force to say, hey, this isn't something that you're going to go to hell over. You know what I mean? So I'm so maybe I don't yeah. need to even bring it up right now. Or when things are more drastic that you learn to approach it with grace. You know, it's just that you always learn to have that allowance for each other and approach it with grace. But but that the hope is that we all grow together as one because how strong can the body be if one part is weak? Exactly. You know, when I when I think about the unity, the one of the first verses that pops up to me is John fourteen twenty, where it says, In that day you will know that I am in the, my Father, that I am in you, and that you are in me. I just really see it as this thing of like, when I approach someone, I should always be trying to find myself in them and them in me. Because the truth is, is that we all have this, we all have similar struggles. We have, you know, we might break things down differently intellectually and cognitively, and whatever, and we can get hung up on those things, but that's why Scripture says the the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. That it's like when I'm willing to not just get hung up on the details, 
that if if I'm trying to find Christ in you and Christ in me, that then I'm able to connect with you on a way that not just is me being a noisy gong trying to give knowledge, but it becomes a way that says, what actually will move this person forward? What will bless this person today? And if we have differences, I'm okay with dropping what isn't important. And I'm okay with with finding common ground. But I think that's so important because even Ephesians says that we're supposed to imitate Christ. And, and I think that's a powerful way for us to imitate Christ is to try to find God in them. You know, find where, what do I hear from them that sounds similar to something that I've gone through. It's that whole rejoice with those who are rejoicing and mourn with those who are mourning. Yeah, that's good. You know, a really good way to break this down for me is really, you know, how it actually, Ephesians actually refers to the body of Christ as a literal body. You know, Christ mm. being the head. And, you know, an easy way to put it is, you know, the, the, the finger, pointer finger, doesn't really see things the same way as my toe does. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it can seem pretty strange for the finger to be viewing from the toe's point of view. And I, I think that's where sometimes the confusion comes. But really we do. I mean, it, it's, it's obviously not easy. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have the division we have right now as far as like people separating themselves in divisions and i've met some people that really do hate uh other people in the body of christ and i I know they they love jesus and maybe they just don't you know they haven't really experienced it on a level to overcome that mindset um but you know it i mean even ephesians 4 2 i actually i pulled it up in my american standard because that's what i actually use i just haven't bought anything else (laughs) Um, but, you know, when it says, you know, with all humility and gentleness and patience, it says actually showing tolerance for one another. Mm. You know, there it actually shows, it doesn't show weakness, or I think we feel like we're so free to speak whatever's on our mind, um, but it's actually discipline to actually hold our tongue when someone offends us. And, you know, I guess sometimes the big toe can offend my thumb. You know, it's it's pretty easy, but it says to actually to tolerate one another, one another in love. Um, we have to be diligent in that, and you know, well, that's the only way blessings and unity can come is really through that. It's such a good point, and something that I've kind of learned along the way. I I've always watched older people you know like i for some reason i've always loved like when i watch a movie or something i love watching these guys that you know it just seems like an old guy whittling something right now i'm thinking of the movie son-in-law where the old guy is whittling and he's like can i whittle wood with you uh but i always think of like an old guy sitting on a porch just and just how much wisdom will come out of a few words And so I just kind of sit there and as I hear a lot of things or see a lot of things, you know, right now seems like a very tense time for a lot of people. People are very opinionated on on all the situations going on and everybody wants to have a say and all this kind of stuff. And I just think of like some of these old guys who lived through the Great Depression and I just think of how many times we get so concerned about things. But people who have been through drastic situations and have come out the other end, and years later, they hear you talk about these drastic things and whatever, or they're drastic to you, and they're able to just say something like, man, you'll get through it. 
you know, and they know because they have had endurance and because your opinion doesn't actually decide what happens in the situation. Time tells us what, what, what was actually true and what was not. Whether you state your opinion or not doesn't always matter. And so it's just one of those things of like, hey, instead of always spouting your opinion just because someone else has a different one, why not just have the ability to say, man, I'm, I'm glad that you feel free to state your opinion with me. You know what I mean? What, what a great thing for people to feel free to talk to you. And so, but it's like, whether I tell you my opinion or not doesn't matter because time's going to play itself out anyway. And we'll find out. That's something I've learned from watching older people. And, and I just find that to be such a reassuring thing, especially in times like this. It keeps me out of a lot of arguments that don't need to happen. It keeps my life a lot more stress-free. And it allows me to stay focused on what I need to be focused on and how to love others because I don't let divisions get between me and other people that way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed... But typically, people who complain a lot and always state their opinions usually don't make it far. Um, and I've even learned that in some areas of my life, too. And, you know, when I'm working with people, I work with scores of people every day. And I've noticed that when I am complaining about things or I am stating my opinions, that normally walls go up. And so, you know, it even it even shuts the door on us being witnesses for Christ in the world. And so, really, ultimately, our opinions don't matter. Um, that's so good. We're really, we're, we're, we're called to be bond servants of Christ. Uh, we're called to be in his image and yeah, Jesus stirred the pot a lot. Uh, <laughs> he did it out of love. You know, what, what's, what's your motive for stating your opinion? It, is it out of love or is it, is it to get your point across? That's really good. And, and you know, again, it even goes to Paul in, in first Corinthians 13, it goes that whole love chapter where he says, look, like, you can have all the knowledge you want, and you're still just a resounding gong if you don't have love. And it's like, I don't think people always think about what that means, but it's like, look, you can spout off all the knowledge in the world, but if, if that person doesn't know you love them and know that you're giving it out of love, like, they are not really listening to what you have to say anyway. And so you're really just wasting your time and your energy and you're probably going to end up in a place where you don't have peace because you're going to be like, that person didn't listen to me. What was the point? You know, was your point to get your knowledge across or were you doing it because you love them? You know, there's a difference. If it was just about me getting my knowledge across and a lot of times it ends up with like, they're going to regret that they didn't listen to me and all this stuff. And it just, it builds up junk in me. All day long. And it's amazing how much we fight about that, even with gifts that the Lord has given us as the church, too. Yeah. Like, like how many denominations don't believe in speaking in tongues? And how many people sit there and try to ram it down other people (laughs) that you can speak in tongues? I even think about how many conversations I watch on Facebook where a friend will go, look, I'm just putting up this conversation so that we can have a good conversation in love. I'm not looking, and I'm sitting there going, how many of these actually end up in good conversations 
where people don't say something bad about each other. Now, I'm not saying that just every time that, you know, of course, we're human. There's going to be times that we say something and we go, sorry, I shouldn't have said that or whatever. But too many of them, just there's a small percentage that don't end up with people just being split against each other. It's it's just one of those things where I go, there are so many things that we can just let go. I think of Paul, how he even says, I believe it's 1 Corinthians like 14. No, it wouldn't be 14. It It's where he talks about like eating meat. But anyways, where, where Paul says, hey, look, you know what? Some of these things, you just need to know in yourself what you're okay with. But you don't need to talk about them. Because someone else is going to think something different. And you're going to get upset about it. And he's basically like, just know what your conscience is okay with and be okay with yeah. that. <laughs> but but for some reason, we a lot of times we think that being in unity means that we're all going to think the same and believe the same. But like you said, the finger does not see things the same way as no. the toe does. And if it did, the body would end up in a horrible place. Yeah. <laughs> if the toe was focused on the same thing as the finger, we would be in a horrible position. And there are times that they need to communicate like, hey, I need to get over there to push that light switch or something, you know. So you need to get me over there. Like, there there are times they need to communicate, but that's on a broad spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, And, and that's why Christ is the head. Totally. You know, he directs all things. Totally. Well, and, and even in that, it's like, yeah, like you're saying, that the head says, hey, feet, we need to get over there. Well, why do we need to get over there? You don't need to know. You just, I just need to get over there. Yeah. So the body needs to get over there. Toe, just get walking. Finger, hey, you need to push the button. But so many times we think that I, the finger, need to know everything the toe is doing and the toe needs to agree with me. Otherwise, we're not truly in unity. I guess my question would be this. I kind of gave just my my thoughts on that, talking to older people who have walked through things and knowing rather than thinking they need to lay out every detail, they just go, you know what, things are going to be okay, and letting time play itself out. What would be some of the most practical advice that you would tell someone if they came to you and they said, man, I tried talking to this other person from, you know, that's in the body, but... I believe in free will and they believe in predestination or I don't believe the gifts work today and they do, you know. I actually come across some of these questions recently in the past couple months. I actually had a, a gentleman talk to me and someone that I've done a lot of ministry to and, you know, God's been setting him straight lately and um, he was in a, in a ministry for a little while and he got so mad one day when he came over and he said, they believe that. You know, I'm not a sinner anymore. It's like, but how can we not be a sinner? I'm human. I'm a, I'm a sinner. And, you know, I, I would just say that, you know, for him, you know, you just got to seek the Lord. If you, if you believe you're, you're still a sinner, you know, we actually have, um, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we actually have access to the knowledge that, you know, sin no longer has power over us. Right. Um, but, you know, for practical, you know, you just got to love them. Because obviously I know that we can live without sin and blameless. Um, that's what grace is all about. And again, some of it just comes down to doctrinal things, knowledge, how right. we see knowledge differently. And 
you know, unfortunately, as a leader, um, I can see that a lot of people get carried from wave to wave and winds of doctrine and from group to group. And honestly, a lot of it, it, it's sad. And, you know, I've even it, it's growing pains. We all go through this. I mean, to be honest, sometimes we can get confused. You know, there's a lot of knowledge out there, but really the only knowledge that matters is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on. Uh, and becoming intimate with him. I mean, for an example, you know, when I first started getting into the prophetic, you know, one time I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, balding, it, it, it's a sign of death. That must mean that, that people have death in their life or their sin or something. <laughs> I actually went around uh, prophesying praying for all bald guys in our church. Um, yes, thank God that he, he's forgiven. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as, as I'll say, you know, allow, our, allow yourself to learn. You know, we all make mistakes. We're growing up. You know, and, and this is mm, a that's of, so good. Uh, this is a part of becoming one and, and becoming, you know, united together as one body. And you know, it isn't easy. We have to learn. Yeah. So, yeah. So practically, you know, when someone someone comes up with you with an argument like that, you just have to kind of shrug it off. Listen to where they're coming from. I mean, if you believe differently, just listen to where they're coming from, because maybe. Depending on what they're talking about, maybe they have elements of truth. And, and yeah, we all have an element of truth. Totally. And our motivation really is because we want, we love Jesus. Um, and we have to see that in each other. You know, what, what the other person might be saying, you know, it, it, they have, God gives them revelation differently. You know, when you were talking earlier about, um, you know, as a single person, you thought you were the most mature person. And when we get married, you know, it changes. And we need to be rubbing up against each other. You know, God really showed this to me a few months back that, you know, this is why he calls us together as a body. This is why corporate gatherings are so important, not just in the building Sundays, but coming together, even just like one-on-one with each other in the body of Christ, is that, you know, each one of us carries a different revelation of who Jesus is. Yeah, come on. he has, he's not just this one person, or he's one person, but he's not just one single thing. He, he's everything he's in all things he created all things yeah Um, there's so i mean he's the great mystery paul describes him as. yes and and how can i claim to know more than anybody else no matter how much studying i do when come on it's different for every single one of us and and the more i commune the more united i become with you and you with me i actually start to grab a hold of the revelation he is to you that's right apply that into my life so not just not now i don't just have the revelation he gave me of who he is directly i now have secondhand through you your revelation of who jesus and and that's what makes us such a body and how we dive into the mystery of christ that's really where you're hitting on some some hardcore nuggets there too is is just the fact of like when i instead of trying to understand my brother in christ instead of trying to understand where they're coming from and what they're actually describing, when I get hung up on their words rather than on what they're actually saying, how Christ relates to them and talks to them and stuff, I'm actually missing Christ in them. I'm missing an imitation of Christ and and a revelation of Christ to me through my brother and yeah. or my sister. So it's like um, if I really want to know Christ as much as I can, it is through being unified with my brothers in Christ as much as I can. That's that's some really good stuff, Caleb. I like that. 
the and that's not saying we shouldn't have that secret place ourselves you know we always have totally. to be becoming more intimate but that's just another way for us to become intimate with christ together absolutely as you were describing that i went man you know that's something that we need to grab onto and i would say a drastic picture of that in scripture is actually paul going to athens because he wasn't just trying to find god in other believers he was trying to find god in non-believers because he he said he comes up and his approach is i can see you're very religious you have all these statues to all these gods. In fact, you have one to an unknown God, and I'm here to tell you who that unknown God is. So really what Paul is saying is, man, I can see you guys really want to know who God is, and I'm here to tell you who he is. I'm here to reveal to you the one that you don't know anything about. And so he wasn't even, that wasn't even with brothers and sisters in Christ. That was with unbelievers that he was trying to come to an understanding of like, hey, I get it, we we relate on some level, and let's touch yeah. there first. Yeah. Well, you know, just a little side note on that, you know, all all of mankind was created in the image of God. Yeah, come on. And so even even sinners have a part of the nature of God in them. Totally. And, you know, that's why it's so easy. That's why man has created had created idols, still creates idols, is because you know as as being part of him, we're searching for him, but only the Holy Spirit can reveal him. And so, you know, it's so easy. And I think, honestly, this is how, how God really attracts people to us, is when we are speaking in truth and shining his light and we are united, people are like, oh my gosh, that is what I've been searching for. And all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit touches them and then they have a revelation as well. That's awesome. So... I think that's really good for us to, you know, I, I would, a couple points I'd wrap up with is, is A, just that knowledge of finding the image of God in, in each other. The fact that when we don't do that, we are actually missing out on some revelation of who God is for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so by relating to one another, we actually get a better picture of who God is and we find uh, we relate to God better ourselves. And the other real thing that I would hit on is just that thing of our opinion doesn't actually matter. You know, Mike Bickle used to have this quote all the time that said, no offense to anybody, but if you don't have a say on Judgment Day, then your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> so... So it's one of those things of like also like that where where I'm able to say hey even if that opinion that you have offends me it doesn't actually matter on judgment day but so those are the two big nuggets that I would say in our conversation here that are are such practical application to keep in our minds that that our opinions don't matter a whole lot they don't carry a whole lot of weight in the grand scheme of things our opinions, our opinions shape how we walk things out, but they don't decide what's truth. Truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. And so our opinions don't really matter that much. And because of that, I'm able to let other people have their opinions and walk in their freedom. I'm not here to stifle anybody else's freedom of thought, but at the same time, by listening to your opinion, 
and listening to how God relates to you, that allows me to have a better picture of who God is um, because I can see through eyes that have walked, that have been places that I haven't and, and walked in things that I haven't, you know, or walked them in ways that I haven't. Um, that's beautiful stuff. Well, thank you. That wraps it up for a first episode of the Unified Podcast. And uh, Caleb, I just thank you for uh, joining me in this journey. And I'm excited for where all this is going to go because I know that I know that both of us have had a lot of questions from people about how to walk the daily. And I really think that we've both kind of just had enough experiences where we've realized that some of it doesn't actually come down to our cognitive knowledge, but it has to do with the spirit that has been cultivated. And yeah. so I, I'm, I'm hoping that as we move on with this journey, we're able to just keep cultivating that in others. So, yeah. And we thank you guys for joining us on this journey too. And if, uh, if any of you guys have questions, you know, just leave comments for us and or shoot us a message and, we can't say when, but we'd love to actually eventually start hitting some questions. And as we grow together and, you know, as we're on this journey together, you know, we'd love to answer questions and, uh, or even get you to a place where you can seek God for an answer as well. Uh, cause that, that's also how we become united. That's right. Because this is, yeah. this, uh, both of us said, this isn't something that we want to do just to talk to a camera. Both of us are, are so communal that we are much more interested in this being a conversation. So don't hesitate to leave us any questions. Um, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Awesome. Everybody have a great week. Caleb, we'll see you next time, buddy. You too. Stay united.